What's happening, people? It's your girl, Mina. Welcome to Le Carrington, the Manchester United women's podcast solely focused on covering the Red Devils up north. I'm your host, Mina, and today Manchester United women put five past West Ham. That's 10 goals in their last two WSL games, and now they sit second in the table, four points off Chelsea, and put themselves in a better position going into the Manchester derby next week. Of course, I'm going to analyse the game, talk about what I feel went right, what might have went wrong, and I would like to hear your thoughts. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, whatever they call it, in the podcasting world, and you can interact with me on all platforms, including Twitter, at Minna Football. Let me hear your opinions, and now let's just get straight into it. So obviously Manchester United set up with a 4-3-3. The usual 4-3-3 is what I like to call it. Mark Skinner is clearly the kind of manager that likes, you know, the the comfortable kind of starting 11, the, the, the starting 11 that he's familiar with. And it was a back line consisting of Mary Earps, Jade Riviere, Maya Letizia, uh, Millie Turner and Hannah Blundell. And the midfield for me was an interesting one because Lisa Nelson, great performance midweek against Everton in the Conti Cup was dropped to the bench and Manchester United went back to the three that has been starting in the last couple of games, including Miyazawa, Zellum and Toon. And the front line was led by Jace, the Brazilian flair master, as I like to call it, and Leah Golton on the left. And Nikita Paris, well-deserved start. Uh, we're going to talk about that a bit more on the right-hand side. Like I said, for me, that's a starting lineup that is very predictable, very expected. If it's not broke sometimes, don't fix it. It's as simple as that. And I know a lot of people have differing opinions regarding the starting 11. Um, a lot of players that get left out of the starting 11. But I feel like the manager definitely went for familiarity. And it really paid off, especially in the first half. Congratulations, like I said, to Nikita Paris. Hat-trick midweek, two goals uh, in the WSL the week before. And a well-deserved start on the right-hand side. This is, this is a true testament, I think, that if you impress game after game consistently then you will get that starting opportunity. And the one thing I like about this front line this season, I would say, is that there's really a lot of options. You've got, um, obviously, Rachel Williams, what I like to call the manager's secret. It's not really a She's actually not a secret because you know what you might get when she comes on. Of course, you've got Melvin Mallard, Lucia Garcia, Nikita Paris. You've got Jace and Golton. That's a front line that is very, very interchangeable no matter where you can you can put Jace on the right you can put Mallard on the right you can put Lucia Garcia on the left which is what we saw today later on in the second half and we're going to talk about that but what I like about this front line is very changeable and you can get a bit of everything with every single player and I love that because that essentially means that the manager has options you know if something's not working today's game it was working I got five on it as the title of the podcast is called but if it was a game where things weren't working, the manager would have options. And that's what you need. Options that kind of differ, in my opinion. There's no point having the same three type of players on the bench because that's three options you have that give you the same style of football. So that's what I really enjoyed. Let's get into it in terms of the first half performance, because the first half, I think, for me, was the most dominating one. West Ham were happy to sit back. Well, they weren't happy to sit back. I think they were more so forced to sit back. They were passengers in the first half, I would say, rather than steering the, the, the wheel. They weren't really dictating stuff. Everything was in Manchester United's um, hands at, in, in the first half. They walked out of it with three goals. Uh, one of it 
top, top goal. But that first goal from Jace, three minutes into the game, I think it kind of sets the tempo. It's nice to get a goal so early in. Uh, I don't know if that was a shot or if it was a lobbed uh, pass from Miyazawa. It didn't go down as an assist, so I'm assuming it was a shot. Um, but Jace just doing what a striker does, staying on side and being the second person, be attacking the second ball as the first person. The goalkeeper was very slow off her line. Arnold was literally, I think she thought that it was probably going to bounce and land to her. And she probably thought Jace was offside as well, because I saw quite a few uh, centre-backs putting up their hands for an offside. But for me, that's what you want from your striker, in the right place, in the right time. That's a goal poacher type of goal. And I applaud that. I respect that, especially with Jace playing in that front line not on the wing but more so through the middle it's the kind of goal you'd expect from the likes of you know Williams and, and Mallard but Jace is now showing us that she can score those type of goals you know she's in the right place at the right time keeping onside making sure she's looking over her shoulder and just a great connection with that header to get it in but the second goal for me Millie Turner come on come on Millie Turner top goal from a centre-back what a finish for me and it's not just a finish as well for me it was also the run that she made she made that second run you know she brought the ball forward to Hannah Blondell on the left-hand side and continued the run Hannah Blondell played it onto Leah Galton Leah Galton looks up and sees her centre-back making a darting run on the left-hand side she had no other choice but to play her in which is exactly what she did uh, Millie Turner cutting in on her right foot, didn't even look at the goal. I watched the goal back a few times. She did not look up at any point to look where the goal was. She, It's like she knew where the goal was. That is a proper striker's mentality. Dipped it over the keeper, top corner. And I was watching her interview after the game and she said that she's never scored with her foot and she's always wanted to. Well, what a goal to score with your foot. At least it went a tap in. This is a goal that a lot of people are going to remember. And depending on how the month plays out for Manchester United that could actually be the goal of the month as well and it was assist for Golton that's another goal involvement for her on the tally sheet and the third goal for me credit to Ella Toon for finding Nikita Paris Nikita Paris one thing I enjoy about her especially because she's playing up top with Jace I feel like when you play up top with Jace um it's very interchangeable, you know, you can switch through the middle, you can go to the right, because Jace is going to play everywhere in that front line. She might even drop into the 10 role as well. So Nikita Paris was in a good position for that goal. Ella Toon does very well to find her, slips in a, a weighted ball, a very well-weighted ball, which is what we missed a lot in the second half. I think we missed a lot of the good passes in the second half, and I'll get into that as well. But credit to Ella Toon as well. She's finding her foot in this season, um, subject to a lot of criticism, especially for her performances last season and earlier into the season. But I think that goal that she scored um, against Brighton really kick-started the season that she she did it, it kick-started the momentum she needed and I'm happy for her even though she didn't go, get a goal today she got an assist and that's that's very important especially when you're trying to find your creative fluidity or you know your creative juices as some people like to call it whenever you're trying to find that any sort of involvement in a goal is very, very key. So credit to her in that midfield. She was playing with Zellem. Zellem playing a lot more deeper. I don't feel like Miyazawa got involved that much in comparison to Ella Toon, but also Miyazawa did get subbed off in the second half. So that's, that's, that's I guess, the difference between the two of them. Now for West Ham, in the first half, like I said, it felt like they were happy to sit back. They were happy to let Manchester United dictate the game, dictate 
dictate the tempo, dictate the possession. But I think two big, big changes happened in the game for West Ham. And that was two injuries um, that occurred for them that resulted in changes so early into the game. 20 minutes for the first one. Um, Honoka Hayashi subbed off with what looked like an injury. I hope she's all right in the 20th minute. And then the 30, I think it was around the 35th minute, uh, Vivian S.E. was taken off as well. She was linking up very well with um, Rico Uki, which for me, again, once she went off, it kind of changed. They were playing a lot more from deeper because uh, S.E. was finding her um, Uki a lot more. And I think those changes definitely changed the tempo for West Ham. It changed the way that they played, especially going forward in transition. Manchester United, for me, were a lot more tidier on the ball in the first half in comparison to the second half. And, and we're going to talk about the second half now because I feel like West Ham came out West Ham came out with a with a plot, with a tactic, where they were pressing. They were pressing everywhere. Every player on the ball, they would press them. And what I liked about the changes that Mark Skinner made because he made changes I think quite earlier than usual where he brought on Williams he brought on Mallard he brought on Lisa Nolson which for me that was the big game changer in the middle of the pitch because West Ham were pressing quite a lot and when they're pressing player to player they're leaving a lot of space in the midfield that can be utilized and because of United's sloppiness in possession in the second half they failed I think to capitalize on it quite often it could have easily been six seven eight nil it could have easily been that I think the inability to create chances in the second half specifically it predominantly came down to the fact that in possession when they were being pressed they were just sloppy with it and West Ham were equally as sloppy as well because there was many moments I saw West Ham trying to build up from the back and it's just a misplaced pass Manchester United pick it up and then Manchester United misplaced the pass. And there was a lot of players. I don't need to name players because there were so many players that were guilty of doing so. And had they utilised uh, the, the space in the middle of the pitch, Lisa Nelson did start to do that. And that's actually what created uh, Lucia Garcia's goal. But, you know, for 20-ish minutes of the second half, they were not utilising that middle of the pitch. Ella Toon, Lisa Nelson, I think, could have linked up well together had they just taken advantage of all the space that West Ham were leaving in the middle of the park because they were so hell-bent on pressing, pressing, pressing Manchester United. And there was moments where the press did seem a bit worrisome. But when you've got a free goal cushion, you know, in comparison to, you know, maybe the men's team that let Leeds go, I felt a lot more confident that, you know, the free free goal cushion was not going to result in maybe a 3-3 draw or something. Especially because I feel like West Ham didn't create a lot of clear-cut chances in comparison um, to Manchester United. I don't think Leah Golton's goal was offside in the first half. But again, that's that's everyone's entitled to their kind of own opinion. But the substitutions, obviously, Mark, Mark Skinner went out and made five changes in the game. I think the last two changes came around the 78th minute where he, he took off um, Golton, brought on Garcia, and he took off Millie Turner, brought on... Um, Gemma Evans. So it just gave uh, some playing time to players, of course, in the run of games that United have coming up. It's important that people get not only match fitness, but match confidence, especially, you know, midweek, put seven past Everton. A lot of players got the opportunity to play. And then, you know, that's what happens inevitably. Rotation. Uh, you go back to the WSL and you go back with the teams, team uh, playing the team that you're more comfortable and more familiar with. I was confused about Mallard's goal. 
and the main reason I was confused was because a lot of like the the sporting outlets were reporting it as a Jade Riviere goal but I just checked before recording and it was actually a Mallard goal that goal came from a corner a few minutes after Garcia's goal and let's talk about Garcia's goal actually let's give more attention to that because it's a great finish um, one thing I enjoy about Lucia Garcia is she's just so confident dribbling at players, similar to Jace. She's just so confident dribbling at players, getting past players, skipping past players, linking up well. She's good with her feet. She's so good at keeping the ball very close to her feet that she can very easily change direction very quickly. And we saw that great run from her, but also it's a phenomenal pass from Nolson. Another inch perfect weight perfect pass uh, across the pitch essentially um Rachel Williams left it for Garcia of course who was onside cuts in with her right foot skips past her defender slots it into the corner of the net and I think that's the most important thing was she had a heap of space to aim for on the left and the right she went for the most difficult one which will make it also difficult for the goalkeeper to kind of save it because a lot of shots that United had today was kind of straight at the keeper the keeper was challenged when it came to goals that's when she was challenged but outside of that she didn't have to make any uh, Arnold never had to make any phenomenal saves because a lot of the shots were just either straight at her or over the bar. Um, and we're going to talk about Jace as well, because um, she did come off, obviously, with a goal, another goal for her, kicking off her campaign with Manchester United in her debut season very well. I genuinely feel like, and I'm going to come into it in the closing part as well, um, for when we talk about three things we learned from the game, but I feel like if, if, if Jace gets her end product better if she improves on her end product maybe it's the decision making in the final moment when she has the ball I think she will be a phenomenal player for Manchester United and the reason why I'm saying that is today and in many games that I've watched over the last month or two she has moments where she decides to shoot when she could have gone for a pass and she has moments where she goes for a pass when she could have shot and we saw it quite often today I saw her nutmeg people multiple multiple times and I like that flair because when you're playing with that kind of flair, firstly, that's her style of football. I wouldn't want her to be coached out of it just because she's playing at Manchester United. It's exciting. It brings you on your feet. You're applauding. You're happy. You're excited. You're like, yeah, oh, a trick there, a skill there, a nutmeg there. I like that. But it's always about whether it's the right time or not. And the nutmegs today was at the right time. She utilises, you know, and that also, sorry, let me just say that the ability, One of there was one moment she had today back to the defender, she nutmeg the defender when the ball came to her. She's got her back to goal, nutmeg the defender, gets away from the defender, skips past another two defenders. And it was just the end product that kind of let her down. But it just means that she's also very aware of her surroundings. She's aware of where her defender is. She's aware of the space behind her and how to get into that space. She like I don't question her ability. She's got many, many types of ability. I think the technical ability absolutely is there. The physical ability is absolutely there. She's got the pace. She's got the speed. She's got the ability to read the opponent. But it's just the end product sometimes I think lets her down. That's not me saying she's a bad player. That's me just saying if she gets that right, she could, I dare I say it, be a world-class player. She could absolutely have world-class out output. And I think that's essential for the manager to get out of her. Obviously, the more she plays, the more opportunities she gets, the more maybe her awareness and her decision-making will improve. Today, I felt like she could have had a goal or two. She had one. I feel like she could have had more had her finishing been better. But I just love the way she links up with people. I love the way her style of football for me is electric. It's exciting. It's something you want to see game in, game out. Um, so that's a little bit about... Uh, <laughs> that's a little bit... That's a little rant, actually, about 
Jace, for me, obviously, manager's comments after the game, I always look forward to seeing what Mark Skinner has to say. And he actually touched base on things that I definitely mentioned in the podcast and things that I've definitely mentioned um, on social media as well after the game. His exact, his exact words after the game were, I'm happy with the result goals and clean sheet but I want to be consistent in the message I give to the media and the start to the second half wasn't good enough we were sloppy we had become too comfortable after the first half and I thought the first half was excellent the best thing about our group is that I said this at the end in the huddle and they were like yes we agree we want the highest standards possible at Manchester United across the 90 minutes what pleased me most was the fluidity when you play against us we can attack in so many different ways and I love that about us I love the flair I want us to excite our fans I liked our attitude and the way we pressed in the first half it's not a slight on my team. It's not a bad attitude. It's just that we took our foot off the gas a little bit and you let the other team in. The league is too good to do that. And I credit to West Ham. I felt they maintained their energy throughout the game. And if they play like that more often, they'll get some really good results. Now, I think this is what one win in six WSL games. So this was their this was West Ham's fifth loss of the game and even their Skinner uh, their manager Skinner sorry who's also called Skinner um, came out after the game and said that in the second half they played how they wanted to play which is exactly what I thought in terms of the press in terms of getting forward trying to force errors out of Manchester United and I'm glad Mark Skinner actually shared similar sentiment that I think a lot of fans actually kind of shared which was they took their foot off the, off the gas obviously you're 3-0 up you've got that cushion but you can easily be punished for that it takes one error one moment of lapse to sort of lose concentration and give the opponent an opportunity to come in and what I would like to see what what I would have liked to see is just punishment today I would have liked to see more goals in the second half obviously we got two more in the last five or so minutes but I would have liked to see more for 40 minutes Manchester United were literally lethargic and I, I said it, I get it, you're 3-0 up, but that consistency should continue. Even if you're 7 8 nil up, I definitely feel like it should continue. And it's interesting that the manager same, shared the same sentiment because, you know, this is a team, we, today's, today's performance against West Ham is a team that's essentially struggling. Five losses out of six. They need wins. They need to go away to teams and get results, whether it's a win or over a draw. Manchester United, for me, they've got three wins, three draws so far this season. Every point counts. I don't want to look back at the end of the season and feel like the three draws at the beginning of the season was kind of what made us lose out on a Champions League spot or maybe even the title. Dare I even say it? Obviously, that's me being very optimistic. There's a lot of football still to be played, but I also feel like those draws were games that United should essentially be winning. That was my concern coming into the game today. Obviously, United kept those concerns at bay for me. Thank you very much to the Reds um, by scoring three minutes into the game. And that completely changed the mood. Now, what I love to do after a game, whether it's the men's team or the women's team, I always like to do a three things we learnt segment. So this is three things we learnt after Manchester United put five past West Ham at home, like I said, I got five on it. I can't sing. I shouldn't even try to do that. But three things we learned after the game. I would say number one, someone that I actually haven't mentioned in the episode at all so far is Jade Riviere. I think she will only get better. 
I think she will only get better. She will only improve at such a young age. She is a very great talent. And I think she's got pace. She's got strength, her ability to get forward, get involved. Um, I saw a, quite a few moments today where she was actually essentially playing as a right winger. And Maya Letizia was tucking out or coming out as the as the fullback covering that area, which allowed Riviere to get forward more, get involved in the attack, whether it's the build-up process, whether it's crossing it in, etc. She had a few crosses in today, tracking back as well. She's got the pace, she's got the strength, she's got the ability to read the game well enough to decide whether she should get forward or stay back. Today, I think she got, I don't know if she got booked, actually. I can't remember. I remember there was a tackle where she lunged out. I don't think she got booked for that. But there's a few moments where sometimes she puts in a bad challenge. But every player is kind of subject to that. A positive I take away from the game and a positive I take away from actually her lot, her, the way her season has started out. She will only get better. There was a moment where my heart was in my stomach where she was fouled on a counter-attack. And she went down holding her knee and her ankle. Any moment a, a female player is holding their knee, I get scared. If they're holding their ankle, I get scared. Especially, you know, with Gabby George out for the season. I really was worried, but I was happy to see her get back up quite quickly and come back onto the field and get back involved. So number one, three things we learned. Jade Riviere is going to be a superstar for Manchester United. Number two, second thing I learned after today's result is Lisa Nolson utilises the space as a creative midfielder so effortlessly. We saw that with her assist, but not only just her assist. Her link-up play throughout the game, utilising the space that West Ham left open, was immense. She's so good at it. I think she contributes so well to the front line and just the build-up play. I think she contributes well to the build-up play. Sometimes I feel like Manchester United build up a lot through their, you know, fullbacks, through their wingers, because we don't have that creative outlet in the middle. But when Lisa Nelson is on the pitch, we clearly have that. And we clearly have the ability to build up through the middle, where, whether it's, you know, her progressing the ball forward, finding Ella Toon, trying to find the wingers, trying to find a runner going in from behind. She does it very well. Uh, Katie Zellum, great passer. I call her a pinger because she pings passes across the pitch. And I think them two together is a great combination. My only concern would be, obviously, in defensive transition. But I believe in the back line enough to feel like they can do a great job there where they don't really require somebody to be sitting all the time as a, as a DM consistently, where, whereas they can have someone who's playing more as a CDM that kind of gets forward and gets back. But in transition, I feel like Turner, Letizia, Blundell, etc. can deal with any problems. And the third thing, I mentioned it earlier, but I'm just going to mention it very briefly, is that if Jace improves her end product, she will be another superstar for Manchester United. I already mentioned all the positive traits that I feel like she has. And I just think that final piece of the puzzle is that end product. When that end product is kind of improved, is at the top of is, is, is the top of the level kind of product, end product that she has, she will be scoring, she will be assisting probably every game. Guaranteed. That is guaranteed. And you guys can mark my words on that. But next week is the big one. Manchester United take on Manchester City at Old Trafford in the Manchester Derby. Man United currently sit in second as of recording right now. Currently, Manchester United are sitting second with 12 points and they're four points off Chelsea, who are top of the table. Manchester City are sitting fifth with 10 points and they lost today to Brighton. Credit to Brighton because they held Man United to a draw uh, a few weeks ago. Now they put what they put got three points from Brighton, uh, Brighton, sorry, got three points from City away from home and Bagley with a 10 out of 10 match day performance again. Now, 
Previewing next week's game, I think it's the big one, of course. It's the Manchester derby. Last season, it was one win and one draw for Manchester United. If you guys remember that 2-1 win at the towards the end of the season that resulted in a red card for Manchester City. It's going to be a battle of the midfield, and I'm going to tell you why. I think it's a battle of the midfield, you know, Kazigawa, Angel Dow, Rod, etc., that is a quality midfield that Manchester City have. And Manchester City, if they dominate the midfield and get their wingers involved, which they are capable of doing, I think Manchester United just have to deal with that. And that's why I feel like Mark Skinner has to pull out his best midfield. Obviously, I think the, I, I think a lot of us could probably predict what the back line will be. I think we could predict what the front line would be. But I'm curious to see whether Mark Skinner will go back to the Haley lad and Katie Zellum partnership with Ella Toon playing as the lone 10. Or will it be the Katie Zellum uh, holding and Toon and uh, Miyazawa starting? Will it be Nelson and Toon starting with Zellum sitting? There's a lot of options that the manager sort of has to kind of pick from. It's the big one, like I said. You know, not only is it the big Manchester derby, but it's also at Old Trafford. So you want to continue that 100% win record that you have at the main stadium. And you also don't want out of all the teams in, in the league your Manchester rivals to come and beat you in your main stadium. I think that's another thing. And obviously, whoever wins gets to walk away with bragging rights. But I feel like when we talk about Ella Toon, especially in that midfield, the best of her has come out when she's got someone alongside her. So when United are playing with two eights, as you like to call it, Miyazawa and Toon of recent, uh, later into the game, it was Nelson and Toon and Zellum is sitting as a lone uh, CDM. Toon for me is her most impactful when she has somebody to run off, has someone to support her. And especially because she's growing into the season when you're trying to still get the best out of her, essentially trying to nurture her. I know she's a very uh, well oiled professional, but she's not been in her best form. So when you're trying to get the best out of her, maybe maybe Mark Skinner will go with a Miyazawa partnership. Maybe Mark Skinner will go play in Nelson alongside her. Or maybe he might revert to having her as a 10 behind the front line and having two midfielders sitting instead. I don't know. It'll be an interesting one. Let me know your thoughts online, Twitter, etc. What you thought about today's game. Make sure you guys subscribe or follow. I think that's what it's called in the podcasting world. Be sure to hit a nice rating, whether you're listening on Apple, if you're listening on Spotify. Remember, weekly episodes of La Carrington, the Manchester United women's football podcast, solely focused on covering the ladies up north. Let me know your thoughts, how you are feeling. I got five on it. I'm in a great mood. I am happy. I'm ecstatic. That's 10 goals for Manchester United in the last two WSL games. Going into the Manchester derby, feeling confident, feeling excited on home turf, of course, especially with Manchester City's result today. And the Reds, essentially go marching on. Be sure to listen next week as we will review the Manchester derby. Of course, it's your girl Minna. Happy to host all the time. You can follow me on all platforms at Minna Football. It's Le Carrington, your one-stop shop for Manchester United women content. Until next week, guys, it's your girl Minna. Peace. Manchester! Manchester!